G'day, everybody. It's time for the Sam and the Big Barn NFL podcast, and there's going to be a lot of other things thrown in tonight, I guarantee you. Firstly, welcome to the Chief, Sam Zickman. G'day, Sam. Oh, I'm excited to be with you, David. Ready to get into it uh, for what's needed. Another very interesting week uh, over in the States in a, number, in a number of sports, in particular the sports that we love, college football and NFL. Uh, yeah, this, the, the game, I know we talk about it most weeks, but there are always interesting results that get thrown up each and every week of the NFL season. Uh, you may not want to talk about one that we saw today, uh, but there are got, always got, got, a few talk about, curly ones. You, you always talk about the rare times that Dallas loses and Minnesota's lost two in a row. I think Minnesota's held on, a, to be honest, on a playoff berth is now tenuous. You can't go and lose. Actually, Denver aren't playing bad football. And Chicago have They're been... playing good football. And Chicago have had a crack in the last few weeks. They are actually showing some spine. It's interesting, Sam, before we go and talk about a couple of other things, there are a lot of people with influence saying that this is a mediocre league at the moment and there's a lot of mediocrity. There are certain teams that are mediocre. I think that that's right. I also don't know if there's seven NFC teams that are worthy of playoffs. To be honest with you, it's very hard choosing six and seven especially after the Falcons made things a bit, bit, bit messy in Atlanta. But we'll come back to that. Sam, I got... Yeah, uh, I, think, I, I think... You go, you go. That, I was going to say, that's going to be a really interesting part of the discussion we're going to have tonight is looking... Because that is what's happening now because of these teams that have fallen off and are losing key games is that the playoffs scenarios are open to more teams. So that's exciting. I feel like the reason why people are talking about how the, the league is mediocre is, is because, unfortunately, at the moment, we're just in a situation where... There's a number of quarterbacks that are injured, and there are also a number yes. of start quarterbacks who are starting that probably shouldn't be starting. And there are a few backup quarterbacks around the league, Andy Dalton, for example, you know, who probably could be starting um, if they opted to leave. And I know Andy Dalton's 36 and he's past his best, but he is definitely better right now than some of these other quarterbacks that are playing in the league. Um, Jordan Love at the moment. You've got to give quarterbacks an opportunity to develop in the game. Uh, we just happen to be in a state of flux at the moment where a lot of the quarterbacks that are leading these franchises are not up to it. And that's why the, the games are looking like they're mediocre because largely the game and the tone is set by the quarterback. Absolutely. Everybody, I got a text last night at about 10.06 just before we go into the, NF, the NFL and the NCAAF. Um, Sam and I... We're commentating not very long ago on a game of football. Actually, Sam, I'd love you to tell the story. Talk to us about it. It's, I know you're very excited. It is enormously exciting to, to me and to you as to what's actually happened. Yeah, so um, me and Dave Redden were talking about this just quickly before uh, before the podcast started. Dave was saying there's only a couple of people who will text him at 10 o'clock at night. Uh, so when he heard his phone buzz, he knew it was one of the two. And when it's me, it's generally because something's happened in the world of sport, and I just want to talk to, want to speak to Redders about it. And this was one of them. So um, to, to set the stage, uh, myself and Dave, very fortunate, we get to call AFL Sydney football, um, and in particular on one really important day on the calendar, and that's Anzac Day, which we've done for a number of years together. Um, last year on Anzac Day, we had the fortunate. Um, position to sit back and watch Isla cheer and go about it um, for Inner West Magpies, obviously playing in women's premier division. And about five minutes into the game, me and Dave were just talking to each other, waxing lyrical about the way that she was making her opponents almost look silly in that game, the way she was doing everything she does now on an AFLW stage, um, you know, steps and um, rebound, um, intercept marks. She played exceptionally well. And 
both myself and, and David said she's got an ability here to go on to bigger and better things. Um, and here we sit 18 months later, a dual All-Australian player. Uh, it was announced yesterday, second time for her. So congratulations to, to Eilish Sheeran on, on what you've achieved. New, played for Newtown and then in the West. And uh, I reckon I know why Sydney and GWS didn't pull the trigger. And it would have been purely because Eilish Sheeran went to AFL in her very late 20s. But dual All-Australian, and she was playing for Inner West at Pick and Oval in Croydon Park 19 months ago. It's a remarkable story. If you ever get a chance to go and look at that story, everybody, it's worthy of a documentary. It is a fascinating story of a highly talented athlete finding her niche for the Richmond Football Club down there in Melbourne. It's an amazing story. It is a great story. Over to the NFL. The Packers upset the Lions 29-22. That was, um, this is three games on Thanksgiving. Cowboys, as expected, they belted the Commanders 45-10. And I reckon there was one coach who's lost his job this week and there could be another one coming at FedEx Field. The 49ers 31 over the Seahawks 13. And in the first half in particular, they looked awesome. Miami 34 over the hapless Jets 13. The Falcons made things really interesting, and I mean really interesting in that NFC South. 24-15 over the Saints. The Steelers have, honestly, they for once they actually had a crack attacking-wise, and they showed that can be a reasonable football. But they're still 7-4, the Steelers, playing good footy and headed to the playoffs. They're an amazing story. The Titans 17 over the Panthers 10, and it's goodbye, Frank Reich. We'll come back to that. The Colts 27 over the Buccaneers, a very exciting game. Uh, 27-20 with Gardner Minshew getting in the home. The Giants 10-7 over the Patriots, and the Giants have gone 2-0 in their last two games. In a very exciting game, the Jaguars 24, showing how good the Texans are and, and how much they've improved. 21, so 24-21 Jacksonville. The Broncos 29-12 over the Browns, and who would have thought the Broncos would be 6-5 and five and knocking on the door of playoffs? The other team that's starting to get get moving is the Rams, 37-14 over the Cardinals. Don't rule the Rams out yet, everybody. Don't. The Chiefs, 31 over the Raiders, 17. The Raiders actually put it together in the first half. Kansas City come home in the second. In a phenomenal game of sport, I don't care what anybody says in any code, that's one of the best games played in 2023. It rates with South Africa. Uh, South Africa's win in the um, World Cup semifinals, 37-34 in overtime over Buffalo. And the story of that last second field goal will, will live on for years. The Ravens, 20 over the Chargers, 10. The Chargers are Gonskis. And this morning, the Bears, with four field goals, put the Vikings away with four picks of Josh Dobbs, 12-10 in Minneapolis. As we often do, we'll go straight, and not for too long again this time, because they were just dominant. Cowboys flying at the moment, Sam. Uh, they just look dangerous. Dak Prescott's in the conversation for MVP at the moment. He is, and he deserves to be there the way he's played in the last month. <clears throat> the biggest knock on Dak Prescott this year has been he can do this against the mediocre teams and he can do it against the teams around about where the Cowboys are at, but what he hasn't done is do it against a really good football team. I'm talking mostly about the losses to the Eagles and to the 49ers. We'll, we'll forgive the game against the Cardinals. Every team has one of those a year. But that's a big knock on Dak Prescott. If he can come out in a few weeks' time and and um, and play really well against the Eagles, in fact, it's possible that when it comes to that game, 
against the Eagles. If Dak gets the better of Jalen Hurts and wins the game for the Cowboys, he could well be uh, in the MVP lead in three weeks' time, which is, is quite amazing in itself. Uh, Dak was very good. Sam Howe was serviceable. He had one interception. I really rate Sam Howe. I think he's a quarterback yep. for the future. And Washington's in good shape. Good to see Curtis Samuel um, get back on the board. Nine receptions for 100 yards. Um, pleasingly for the Cowboys, things were pretty balanced. Again, we talk about that um, a fair bit. The Cowboys were able to sh- share the ball around. Nice to see Brandon Cooks um, get in the action as well. C.D. Lamb, not his biggest day, but he was very important. Um, Jalen Tolbert back from injury played quite well. And, and a revelation this year, Jake Ferguson um, only had one reception but picked up 35 yards. Defensively, the Cowboys are really good. Um, Jerome Bland set a, a league record for pick sixes in this game. Um, that's his fourth pick six. And we're only 12 weeks in, which is pretty amazing for Deron Bland. Um, so, yeah, all going on swimmingly for the Cowboys. For Washington, it's all about the next couple of years, not this year. The Packers upset the Lions in Detroit. Huge game. Jordan Love plays one of his best games of his career. And they were leading 20-6 to six at quarter time and hung on, uh, despite Jared Koff throwing for 332. Um, very interesting performance. And with what's happened with Minnesota, the Green Bay Packers are now not out of contention. Remember that Minnesota's got their bye coming up. So they're only really just over a game in front of them. Yeah, what I'd be most impressed, and look, I am I need to see more of Jordan Love and you know, being able to throw for yards against Detroit, that's not the making of a quarterback. He's going to have some challenging matchups to come. But as we talked about off the top of the podcast, it takes time for these quarterbacks to develop. Although people have been talking about Jordan Love for a long time, he hasn't played a lot of football. So, yeah, I'll be really pleased with the way he's built in uh, to his season over the last three weeks. There are playoff spots up for grabs, which is hard to believe from where Green Bay were. I think we were both pretty convinced they were written off a few weeks ago. Um, Detroit would be very disappointed that they lost this game. They were outplayed uh, for the most part. They came home uh, quite well uh, back end of the third and early fourth. Um, Jaragoff again playing well towards the end, uh, but not so well in the first half. So, yeah, really good win for the Packers and, and they are back in business and they may well have found uh, another really good quarterback. Absolutely. No, no question at all. Uh, the 49ers in the first half, I've watched extended highlights of this game. The 49ers in the first half looked like a side that had played in the NFC championship. Seattle came back at them hard to their enormous credit, but San Francisco's playing after a big blip and now eight and three. And they've got a gap over the over the sea chickens with the Rams beginning to knock on the door as well in the NFC West. Yeah, they show that there's a clear class difference between these two teams. That look, Seattle is serviceable, potentially a six or seven seed. Uh, San Francisco are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. They have settled. They had a, a three week blip on the radar where they didn't play very well, and Brock Purdy was a bit loose with the football. Uh, but he's responded really well, 21-30, Workman-like performance for Brock. He did have one interception, uh, but they weren't really challenged. They jumped up 24-3 at halftime, so the game was pretty much over, especially with that um, San Francisco defense. McCaffrey, as he always does, registers a couple of touchdowns, 114 yards, plenty of weapons. There's been a lot of knockers on Brock Purdy. In the last few weeks, you know, holding against him the fact that he's got such solid players around him, McCaffrey, uh, Debo Samuel, uh, Brandon Ayuk, although he was quite quiet in this game. But he, Brock Purdy is playing really well. He's, he's a solid quarterback. He's smart with the football. He makes good decisions. 
And I, they obviously knew what they had because they released or they traded Trey Lance. They got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. They know they've got their quarterback of the future in Brock Purdy. And San Francisco, they're certainly back up there now. I'd have to put them in the top couple uh, in their conference and a legitimate Super Bowl uh, opportunity for them this season, the way they're playing. Miami took care of business over the Jets. No real surprise. A highlight there, a 99-yard pick six, and they're as rare as, uh, as hen's teeth. Unbelievable, really. Um, and the fact that Miami are doing it on the ground, Mostert had 20 rushes for 94 yards. That's NFL standard. And that gives them a good balance with with Chua running around doing what he does. I think going on to the, the Sunday games, that Falcons performance has made the, it's burst that NFC South wide open, Sam. Because these are the only two teams in it. The Bucks are now four and seven, really. But um, the Saints, not they're not very happy in New Orleans. And Atlanta really put the foot down on them. They did. They were very smart the way they played this game. Atlanta, they've obviously got Desmond Ritter, at quarterback, who is, again, just learning his trade. Um, threw it, though, mind you, through an absolute cracking pass uh, to Bajon Robinson. Um, for a touchdown, which was which shows that he's got some class and can throw a really nice long ball. He's just got to work on his shorter stuff. But he was he was pretty good, 13 for 21, 168. Interestingly, though, when they got in front in the last quarter, they were basically a steady diet of um, uh, of running the ball. Um, Tyler Allergier had a lot of the ball in the fourth quarter, as did by John Robinson. So they really weren't putting the ball in Britta's hand in the fourth quarter once they got the lead. But disappointing loss for New Orleans. Atlanta is hard to beat at home. Uh, and that's one of, despite the fact that there's two, we're talking about two, five, and six teams here, David. This is that's one of the better divisions in football in terms of being close and who's going to get through. It is. I tell you what, you can say what you like about the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're seven and four in a tough division. Kenny Pickett, not so much a breakout game, but they threw the ball. They made they um, made over they matriculated the ball for over four hundred yards after sacking their offensive coordinator. And they beat the Bengals in Cincinnati. That's an excellent win. I know that Joe Burrow's no, not there, but that's a tough division. And the Steelers are genuinely planning on playoffs. They're seven and four, Sam. They're really getting against the run, and that that hurt Cincinnati without Joe Burrow because they were able to just double down on Joe Mixon and just didn't give him any opportunity to get moving. Um, whereas on the other side of the ball, Kenny Pickett was pretty good. Um, again, he's another game manager at the moment. They don't ask him to do too much. Najee Harris played really well. Another one they found is Jalen Warren. They've got a two-headed yes. running back core that is just working really, really well. I know Warren didn't break any large ones, and, and Harris did in this game, but... Najee Harris is a bit of a beast, a bit of a worker, and, and Warren's got a little bit of speed on the outside. So they, they do work together quite well. Um, and they've got some weapons too. Um, they obviously uh, did something that the Pittsburgh Steelers don't often do, David, during the week, and that's, that's fire uh, an offensive coordinator or fire a coach of any way, shape, or form. They've had about three coaches in the last 60 years as head coaches, but they did that and it gave them a little bit of a shot in the arm and they played really well in this game. We know the Bengals are hurt. They're not the same team they were two weeks ago, but... Yeah, solid win for the Steelers, and they are in playoff contention, despite the fact that their plus-minus is not overly favourable. The only remarkable thing about the Titans-Panthers game, 17-10, the Titans won in Nashville, is that it's cost Frank Reich his job, and he becomes the first coach in history to be sacked from two different franchises in 12 months. He's gone at Carolina. They've run out of patience. They're 1-10, and and it's not really a surprise, to be honest with you. No, it's not. I mean, they've got a really good quarterback for the future. Bryce Young, 
Um, but yeah, they're not playing good football. They're, they're going to head to the number one pick in the draft. Um, if they decide to keep it, I'd be thinking they'll be going Marvin Harrison Jr. as a wide receiver, and that'll give Bryce Young a really good target. At the moment, he's just not comfortable throwing the ball to basically anyone. Um, Jonathan Mingo stepped up well. He was a, a, uh, one of the first draft picks um, for Carolina, obviously, after Bryce Young in last year's draft. So it was good to see him get um, get 60 yards. He's a player I'm, I am interested to see how he goes into the future. I certainly liked him um, coming out of the draft. And then on the other side of the, the ball, Tennessee uh, didn't do anything overly special. I'm still not convinced that they're a playoff team. They're four and seven. They've got a quarterback again, another one of these quarterbacks, David, who's developing. And the reason why these games are not overly spectacular, Will Levis coming out, another rookie, played pretty well. 18 for 28, 155 yards. Derek Henry, two touchdowns before halftime uh, and then didn't have to do a lot in the second half. So a good win for Tennessee. Um, Carolina had to move on. They need to find their, their coach of the future because they've already got their quarterback of the future. So it's just about building around him. And there was an interesting um, uh, section, uh, part of the Pat McAfee show today where he was they were questioning whether you'd want to go to Carolina as, as, as a coach. And I think if Jim Harbaugh has his choice, he, he'll head. I still think Jim Harbaugh's headed to Allegiant Stadium, personally. The Colts and the Buccaneers. The Colts, after, especially with the Jaguars and Texans result, are now right back in at 27-20. The Buccaneers won't go away. They still try. They give. The, they work their guts out each time, but just too good in the end, the Colts. They, they put it together, and they were leading 17-10 at halftime and hung on. They've, they've, they've done enough, the Colts. They're 6-5. and five. They're not a bad football side. Yeah, and Gardner played a run this game. Uh, he was again. He's he's solid. He's you know, in a stronger in a stronger league. He's probably struggling uh, to, to get a go, but at the moment he's able to to pick up a starting job. But look, he's getting the job done for the Colts. Tampa Bay just doesn't help themselves a lot of the time. Baker played okay in this game, as did White with a hundred yards. Um, Pittman Junior was really good for Indiana. Another one of these sides is bubbling around the seventh spot until they get there. But six and five, you know, you've got to give them credit um, what they've been able to do this season. Wasn't expecting six and five from the Colts after 11, uh, 11 weeks. About the only thing you want to say about the Giants and Patriots is that I genuinely think that Bill Belichick's out the door. And I never thought I would say this, but I reckon that Robert and Jonathan Kraft will get rid of him at the end of this season. The Patriots are now two and nine and they cannot score. The more interesting storyline will be how they manage that transition. Do they do it amicably? Um, does Bill Belichick look to go somewhere as a quarterback? Because I'm not sure he's done coaching, um, but he's definitely done in he's definitely done in, in New England. But that'll be interesting to see how they manage that. Is it amicable? Are they shaking hands on the way out the door, or uh, does it not does it not play out that way? And there's a bit of angst between the two. I'm I'm hoping it's the former. I'm hoping they can shake hands and move on. Because it's definitely time, but yeah, the the Patriots are a very ordinary football team this year. Um, great game of football here. Jacksonville twenty four defeated their uh, divisional rivals, the Houston Texans twenty one. A fifty eight yarder at the end of the game, doinked off the crossbar for Houston to put them into overtime. Trevor Lawrence three hundred and sixty four yards. Tra- Travis Et- at Etienne uh, only fifty six yards rushing. Collins one hundred and four yards uh, receiving for Houston. Just a terrific game of football, Sam. High quality between two pretty decent football sides. Absolutely. And an example where you've got two really good quarterbacks going out at CJ Stroud, who's just been the, the pick of the litter uh, from the draft last year, is having an exceptional season. And twice he led 
Houston down. Uh, obviously, the 58-yarder probably needed another yard uh, to get across and and, uh, and hit the crossbar, but Trevor Lawrence had a pretty good game too. He's actually had a really solid couple of weeks, Trevor Lawrence, after being challenged uh, around his performance. Nice to see Calvin Ridley play well. Obviously, he's been around the league for a while, but he's someone I always keep an eye on, like to watch him go around. Nico Collins, Tank Dell uh, for Houston had a really good game. I think Houston's got one of those teams that uh, – they, they'll obviously make the playoffs this year, which was a surprise for everyone. But they're another one, uh, like Washington, who are building really well for the future. Agreed. The Broncos are one of the form teams in all of football. I never thought I'd say that, not after what they did early in the season. And maybe the tide's starting to turn for both Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. The thing with Russell Wilson is they've made it so that he's not losing them games. He doesn't throw for very many yards, but they're winning, and they're winning well this they beat it. Yeah, Cleveland's got a second or third string quarterback. I I don't question that, and in fact, I think that Pittsburgh will leapfrog them very soon. But this is an excellent performance by the Bronx. Twenty nine twelve. It's not even close, and they win another game at mile high. They're a surprise packet. What? And, and look, Russell Wilson's playing serviceable. Thirteen and twenty two, one hundred thirty four yards, one touchdown. Wasn't asked to do too much. What I've been really surprised with. With Denver over the last five weeks has been their defense yep. for a team that gave up what seventy points uh, earlier on in the year against Miami. They're now actually a really solid defensive unit. Uh, give them credit for that. Cleveland, you know, uh, yes, they've got backup quarterbacks going on, but this has not just been a one week um, occurrence for this defense in Denver. They've been really, really solid over the last five weeks. They're winning games on both sides of the ball, and to be honest, they they need to have a solid. Um, defense because although they put up 29 points on the weekend, they're not often doing that. Um, but look, really, really solid. I think Denver are headed to the playoffs, which is amazing. It is extraordinary. This next side, and not without a hope, the Rams have been quite solid in the last few weeks. Now, let's face it, Car- uh, not Carolina, Arizona's not a real good football side, but the, the Rams belted them in, in for Inglendale 37 14, and they now, like Green Bay, have a little lamp on over their head. There's a flicker of an opportunity for them. Uh, they've got things, they've got to go their way, but they can't do much more than win by three touchdowns plus on the road. No, absolutely not. And they had a really key weapon come back for them uh, into their backfield. Kyron Williams was back for the the Rams after starting this year absolutely on fire as a, as a rookie running back, although he's a pass catcher as well. Um you know, he had two touchdowns passing in the air on the weekend as well, um, over 200 yards on the on the ground, um, which was unbelievable um, in his first game back after a you know pretty lengthy stint on the side. Look, Kyler Murray played pretty well. That'll be the most encouraging thing. James Connors yep. is back out there as well. Um, didn't do a hell of a lot this week, but they've got some really good players. I really like Trey McBride, the tight end for Carolina. They'll rebuild, they'll head to the draft. They will take Marvin Harrison Jr. if he's available. I don't think he will be, um, but they're certainly one side that'll be looking to, to draft a receiver or someone that can support Kyler Murray uh, into the future. But yeah, I, look, I think the Rams are okay. I don't have them getting into the playoffs, but that was a pretty solid win on the weekend. The Chiefs took care of business. They're eight and three with a very favourable draw, the Chiefs, so a much easier draw than Baltimore. Uh, 31-17, they were 7-0 down after the first quarter, then went 14-7 and 10, almost 300 yards for Patty. Jacobs rushing uh, two, 20 carries for 110 yards, and maybe that's a concern for the Chiefs. But um, 
Chiefs continuing to do business. They, they had to come back. They went, they've done it. One by two touchdowns and one away in their division. You can't ask much more. No, can't ask much more. It's workmanlike. Um, the, the Chiefs were solid. Vegas, you know, they've got Aiden O'Connell too, a quarterback, and I don't mind him. Uh, he was, again, a, a, a later draft pick quarterback. But he's he's the starting quarterback now, and I quite like what I see from him. So another another young quarterback of the future. But yeah, Chiefs too good. Raiders rebuilding. What what do you say about the Bills and the Eagles? What game? What kind of game was this? The extended highlights package went for eighteen minutes, and every second was compelling. What a superb game of football it really was. Buffalo should have no shame. They worked their butts off. And still, Philadelphia found a way. Superb football, Sam. Great entertainment. Just Buffalo just is frustrating with how well they play against the good teams and how poorly they play against the bad teams. We've been talking about it since almost week one. Well, it was week one when they lost to the Jets. Um, they're just all over the place. They had such a good game here. I was watching this match. I'm thinking the Bills are going to sneak into seven and, and they're going to play you know, maybe Miami in a 2-7 matchup, and it's just going to be an unbelievable match in the first week of the playoffs. So, yeah, the, um, credit to Philly for getting over the line here. Jalen Hurts got them done. Um, yeah, really good game. Jake Elliott, unbelievable, wasn't it, David? That field goal. Oh, oh it's like he's kicked. He's, kick, he's like kicking from inside the square at the MCG. That's how far it went. And it's a, and uh, kicking in those. And it was pouring rain. Into yeah, it was, it was pouring rain. That's it was right. Terrible. It was terrible. It was unbelievable. It was a terrible night in southeast Pennsylvania, and they put on 71 points in one of the games of the decade. I still think the best game I've seen this decade was that Buffalo-Kansas City game in Kansas City a couple of years ago. But anyway, the Ravens did enough. They're the best team in the league, though, Philly. They are the best. They're the best team in the league. They'll get a first-round bye. Good luck stopping them. Uh, I think they'll end up playing the San Francisco 49ers. I don't think anybody else is quite good enough. And I think that will be a fantastic game. But I can see Philly getting to the Super Bowl clearly, for my mind, as long as Hurts uh, stays healthy. The Ravens did enough on the yep. West Coast. I think the Ravens have actually got two games in a week in the West Coast. We'll come to the schedule in a minute. They did enough, 20 to 10, um, kept the Chargers scoreless in quarters two or three. That's hard to do. Um, they've done enough. They're eight, they're nine and three. But they, they've got a buy coming up, so they're a half a game ahead of the Chiefs. But their draw is very difficult. They've got teams who will be playing the play. They've got Jacksonville. They've got a whole stack of teams at the at, at the top end of the of, of the standings. But they're, they're, they're nine and three. You can't say much more. No, it's one of these weird seasons where, because of what's happening in Buffalo, <laughs> these teams might be incentivized to finish third or fourth uh, in the conference as opposed to, to finishing second. Although, if you Third's probably the third's probably the gold spot because then you don't have to go to Philly. Um, sorry, you don't have to go to Kansas City in week two. But yeah, look, the Ravens are working like they got the job done. I'm I'm just so disappointed in uh, in how the Chargers season is going. If I had a second team, they probably it just because how much I like Justin Herbert, but just hasn't gone to plan this year. There's there's been injuries, um, bizarre losses. Um, they're just not quite up to it this year. The Chargers, so they'll be um, they'll be watching when the playoffs roll around. They were on a superb defensive performance, it must be said, by Chicago. 12-10 on the road in Minneapolis. They picked off Josh Dobbs four times. Probably a performance that was coming even though he's only been there a couple of weeks. No excuses. The Bears showing some ticker in the last couple of weeks. I think they've been quite 
reasonable and quite a decent football side. And that is the the Vikings have now gone from six and four to six and six. They're looking vulnerable. Let's face facts. And in the last four weeks of the season, they played Detroit twice. So it's looking ominous. But give it to Chicago. You've got to cop it on the chin. That's an excellent performance. Justin Fields getting enough done. But their defense did the job. They kept Minnesota scoreless in two quarters. And when you do that, you often win games of football. Well done, the Bears. Yep, they lost the turnover battle and still managed to win the game, which doesn't always happen. Uh, they were pretty solid defensively. I've been encouraged by the way Justin Fields has come back into this team over the last few weeks. Uh, but the bubble definitely burst on Dob Sanity today. Uh, yep. It just sometimes takes some time for teams to get film on the way quarterbacks play with certain players. And yeah, I'm certainly fearful for your team, David, and what the the what the last five or six weeks of the season uh, might do for this team, and, and just whether they can get into the playoffs is certainly in doubt now. Indeed, I've got the playoff standings here. First of all, in the AFC, Baltimore at the moment's the one seed, but they have a rest coming up. They're uh, half a game in front of Kansas City. Kansas City's got two, Jacksonville three, Miami four. Then Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and Indianapolis round out the top seven with Houston and Denver in eight and nine, Buffalo in 10. And I think everybody else is gone in that, in that particular conference. So, again, it's Houston and Denver and Buffalo for mine fighting with Indianapolis and Cleveland for those bottom two spots. I think Pittsburgh will get home. Um, but they haven't got as many injuries as the others. So that'll be fascinating. Over to the NFC, Philly's the best team in football, and I reckon San Francisco's close to being the second. So they're one and two. Detroit's in three. Atlanta now four, even though they're five and six. Dallas in fifth, and they're the team that nobody would want to play. The Seahawks in sixth, and Minnesota in seventh. And Minnesota's got a week off this week. So Green Bay and Los Angeles and New Orleans can tie Minnesota this weekend. Uh, and I think everybody else has gone. So I think there's 10 teams in the NFC. And I think there's also 10 teams left in the AFC. Sam, any comments there before we look at the schedule? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good good call. I, I agree with that. Um, I, think we're, I think we're down to those numbers. For me, I've, if we quickly go back, on as we always do with the AFC, Actually, across the board, I reckon there are I reckon there are two teams that are going to come out of every division, except we'll only get one out of the AFC South. I don't think the Colts yes. will be good enough to get a spot there. So I've got so Kansas and Denver for me getting out, Baltimore and the Steelers, Miami and Buffalo and Jacksonville. They're the seven that I've got, but I do agree um, that there are additional teams who are an opportunity, and that's obviously Houston, the Colts. Um, feasibly the Browns because they've got seven wins, but I don't think they'll get there in the end. Uh, and look, you know, who knows? Maybe it's the Texans that might surprise. They might be the team that can get up there and then it'll probably be between the Texans uh, and the Broncos for that last playoff spot. I think the Buffalo will do enough to get in, but they're going to sneak in. That's why I think they'll probably end up being a seventh seed. Uh, with the NFC, I'm, I'm in a grants. Philly and Dallas both get through. Philly gets the week off. Um, and South Philly will host the conference championship game, which is no easy free for anyone who's going to try and go there. Uh, I've got Detroit getting through. I've got Atlanta or um, New Orleans, only one of those teams getting out. I think San Francisco will certainly get through. I'm not 100% confident on Seattle, but I think they will probably get there as well. And the Smoky for me, the two teams that are probably battling out for the, the last spot there is the Packers 
um, who are playing some really good football, Jordan Love. Um, I don't think the Rams will get there. I know they're feasibly still in it, the same record as the Packers, but I don't think they'll be good enough. So I'm anticipating that it's two from the West, one from the South, two from the North, and two from the East. On to the schedule for this week. So the following teams, these are this finishes off the buys, I believe. Buffalo, Chicago, the Raiders, Minnesota, the New York Giants, and Baltimore all have the week off. Thursday night football, Seattle making the uh, the difficult trip to to Arlington, and there's a big weekend of football in Arlington this weekend. Just quietly, that game ground will have to be remarked. You'll find out why in a minute. And then on Sunday, so the these are all the early set. Another divisional game: Indianapolis at Tennessee. The Chargers head to uh, Foxborough. Detroit's got New Orleans at the magnificent New, uh, Louisiana Superdome. Atlanta's got New York Jets at, at the Meadowlands. Pittsburgh hosts Arizona after a couple of weeks on the road. Miami's got Washington in Maryland. And Denver and Houston, that's almost the game of the round. That's one of them anyway. The late set on Sunday, Carolina at Tampa. Cleveland at the Rams. Oh, my goodness me. Oh, He's an, this is one you want to be watching, I'm telling you. San Francisco at Philly. Oh, wow. What a test for both sides. Kansas City at Green Bay, and that's a game Kansas City really need to win. It's a good test from up there in the frozen tundra. And then Monday night 40 is Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Um, let's have a look here, Sam. We're going Dallas, are we? Yep, Dallas will get the job done there, and they'll keep just keep a little bit of pressure on Philly. Philly wouldn't want to wouldn't want to lose to no. San Fran. I know that because obviously Dallas has still got a return leg in Arlington against Philly. So interesting there, but I think Philly will will prove too strong at home, and they'll knock off San Fran. If it was the other way around, if they were if they were playing in the Bay Area, I'd probably have San Francisco uh, to get closer. But I think Philly will be too strong in that one. But a pretty good slate of games. Oh, I think there's some good ones in here. I'm also interested to see that Kansas City Green Bay game, David, to see yes. um, what Jordan Love can do against Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Denver and Houston's a massive game with both teams on the cusp of the playoffs. Um, Cleveland's got to win at SoFi. It's not an easy place to win. Detroit and New Orleans now becomes an interesting game. New Orleans starting to get desperate. I think Indianapolis will win. Um, I think Jacksonville will beat Cincy because Cincy are really banged up. And yeah, that, I'm a little bit surprised they haven't flexed that game and made San Francisco and Philly the Sunday night game in America. The Sunday night game late is actually Kansas City and Green Bay up there at Lambeau. Yeah, I think it's, that, I think it's the, the Lambeau effect. They love the they love the atmosphere out there at Lambeau they get from the night games. But if I think if Green Bay had bottomed out, maybe they would have thought about it. But yeah, I think there's probably another win there for the Rams, David. I think they'll they'll get the job done against Cleveland. So they're just posing an interesting team that one. But yeah, Denver, Houston. Really good look on that one. Uh, if Denver can win that matchup and beat CJ Stroud at home, then they really will be right in the thick of it for a playoff spot. 100%. Over to college football. And if you have a chance to go and spend some time watching YouTube, go and watch the end of Alabama and Auburn, everybody. It is the most extraordinary finish to a game of football. I've been watching football since 1981 when I lived in the United States. And I don't think I have ever seen anything quite as dramatic. It's the Iron Bowl, I might add. And Sam, take us through what happened. Yeah, so you you get to fourth and 31. So Auburn gets to a position where 
one stop on a fourth and 31 and they win the match and the game's over and what happens? <laughs> Manages to get a completion uh, and that's the game. That's the ball game, game over. No one expected it. It's an absolute rescue job on fourth and 31. No one's expecting uh, a completion, let alone a touchdown. And that's game over. Uh, unbelievable win by Alabama. And what is important about it is that it keeps their oh. season alive. This wasn't just... This wasn't just a, a matchup between rivals that was, you know, this was a match to maintain an opportunity to play in the college football playoff because we know that if Alabama is good enough to beat Georgia, uh, then they're good enough to play in the top four. Uh, so huge game. Auburn will be filthy. They lost that game. You just don't lose games from four and 31. Um, but great, great performance. Alabama over the line. Keeps it in. I liked it because it keeps it interesting. I'm really, I, I don't think Georgia will lose uh, to Alabama, but at least we get the opportunity to, to see that game now with something on the line, I'd give them half a sniff if the game was elsewhere. But it's in George, it's in Atlanta, and that I think it, yeah, we'll come back to that. Um, Auburn, what wouldn't just be filthy? They absolutely hate Alabama, everything about them, and to go down like that—that's almost as bad as the famous kick six uh, that happened many years ago, where Auburn won with a miss off a miss field goal. Look, some of the other rivalry games, that's Ole Miss right. beat. Short. Ole, that's right, Ole Miss beat Mississippi State. Oregon belted Oregon State, Texas, and I've got the shirt on tonight, Sammy. I've got the shirt, got the Texas shirt on. Represent? Here. They're not. They're not out of it. They're not Represent. out of Texas. If we get some favourable results in these championship games, we could Repres sneak in. This uh, huge game. They belted Texas Tech, fifty-seven-seven. Uh, Missouri beat Arkansas. Penn State belted Michigan State. In a game of touch football, if, I'm, I'm going to go and find the highlights of this because it must be great to watch. Oklahoma sixty-nine. Big TC, you remember the Horn Frogs played in the final four last year, 45. Iowa beat Nebraska, and that's important. I'll tell you why in a minute. Uh, Georgia beat Georgia. Georgia Tech played great football, 31-23. They did. Uh, they played really well. They played their backsides off. Michigan and Ohio State, college game day for this was an absolute must-watch. If you get a chance to watch college game, you go, I know it's a big investment time. It was phenomenal there at Ann Arbor. Michigan winning 30-24. And doing some damage to Ohio State. They just ran the ball down Ohio State's, State's throat, throat all day. It was just great viewing. Only 21 passes, 39 rushes, 156 yards combined. Blake Corum, really good. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr., 118 yards. They were too good in the air, Ohio State, but Michigan just controlled the game. When you can rush the ball the way they were rushing the ball throughout the game, they just controlled the clock, controlled the tempo, i tell you what, another side, we talked about Auburn being filthy. Ohio State will be filthy because their season is over. Washington just beat what? This is another great game of football. I watched edited highlights of this one at Husky Stadium, 24-21. Florida State took care of Florida. And while I'm talking about Florida, I'm, I'm sure Sam's watching. If you get a chance to watch a documentary, go and watch Untold Stories Swamp Kings. It's the story of the University of Florida when Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow were there. It is must-see TV if you get a chance to watch everybody. It's all about the University of Florida's uh, football program in that in the first decade of this century. It is superb entertainment. It's just brilliant. Um, Kentucky fixed up Louisville. That was not expected, and it's cost Louisville um, and some other big games in there. But it, um, And Iowa State beat Kansas State as well. However, let's go to the standings as, as, as according to ESPN anyway. Let's have a look at them. Before we go to a fascinating schedule of games, um, so Florida State's on char in charge of the 
uh, Atlantic Coast. We go to the Big 12. Texas are, are, are 11-1. and one. Playing, they've played superb football under Sarkeesian. Michigan is 12 and 0, and Ohio's dropped to six. Okay, so Michigan is two. Georgia is one. Florida State is now four. And I'm assuming that that leaves the University of Washington inside the. It does. So if there were finals played tomorrow, it'd be Michigan and Washington. Michigan and Washington. And then it would be Georgia and Florida State. Do you read it that way, Sam, if it was played tomorrow? Correct. Yep. Okay. Some interesting matchups that could impact that, though. There are indeed. So the big games here. There's football on this this weekend. Oregon. There's a playing game on on, uh, Saturday, our time here, I reckon. Playing game. So um, in a massive weekend at a couple of these uh, stadiums, there's a double header at Allegiant. Oregon play Washington. That's at midday on Saturday. That's a Friday night game in Vegas. There'll be people there everywhere. That's at Allegiant Stadium. Do you so, do you agree with me, Dave, that if Oregon beat Washington, they're in? And if obviously if Washington win, they're in. But if Washington lose, they're out. So it's a, effectively whoever wins that game goes to the playoff. Well, what about if Alabama beat Georgia? Who gets that might be the, maybe that's the only wrinkle that would stop at an Oregon team getting in if they win that game. Maybe if Oregon win, because if Washington are twelve and zero, I think they're better than Florida State. If Florida State obviously wins theirs as well, I think Washington if they win is safe. I can't see them getting knocked out by anyone. Um, I could see Florida State being twelve and zero if they beat Louisville and then Alabama beats Georgia and it's it's Florida State that miss out. But I think if Washington win, they're in. And I think if Oregon win, they're in, unless, of course, Alabama upsets Georgia. Fair. Oklahoma State's got Texas. That game's at Jerry World. As I was discussing, a huge weekend at AT&T Stadium at the magnificent uh, stadium there in Arlington. Then let's get down here. Georgia has Alabama. This game's at the Mazzani's Bend Stadium in Atlanta. And that's why I think it's a huge game. It's actually listed as Georgia and Alabama, but it's being played in Atlanta. Then Michigan's got Iowa and they will belt them. I've got no doubt in my mind they will run it down their throat. That game's being played in perfect conditions at the home of the Indianapolis Colts, Lucas Hall Stadium in Indianapolis. And then that final game of the whole lot, um, it's, in fact, it's a double header. This game's at the Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. It's Louisville um, up against Florida State. So from what Sam said, if the top four sides win, that's it. We've got a top four. We start to get wrinkles if somehow Alabama beat Georgia and Oregon beat Washington, Sam. Correct. I I think that's where interesting uh, scenarios will play out. The what if the four undefeated teams are left at the end? So if um, if Michigan wins, Washington wins, Georgia wins, Florida State wins, then obviously that will be the simplest scenario for the committee. If there are four undefeated teams left, they'll be through. If any one of the teams outside Georgia lose, my feeling is that their season is over. I think Georgia is the only one that can afford to lose and still get through. And if they do happen to lose, then that's two teams that are going to be locked in. That's going to be Alabama in and that's going to be Georgia in, probably in second and third. Uh, sorry, in second and fourth uh, to avoid playing each other uh, in consecutive games. The interesting play will be that if Michigan 
Washington or Florida do lose, then obviously Oregon would be in a great position to come enough in beating Washington. Where it opens up is that if Florida State and Michigan both lose, then potentially it opens up an opportunity for Texas, David, possibly to get in. Yeah, I don't think Michigan will. Harbaugh's back on the sideline. I think that they've done very well without him. Um, Yes, that's the only outlier for Texas. So Texas has to take care of business first. Um, I think they would would jump. And this is a tough call again because you could have – I can't see any way that they would put Michigan in. If Michigan loses, they're not going to put Ohio State in at 11-1 and because they lost to Michigan last week. So I think they're eliminated, those two, which is why I think Texas is the one that comes up after winning their conference championship, which is why if Michigan, uh, Washington and Florida do all happen to lose, then I would have Oregon and Texas both moving in. I think that's a fair analysis. From my perspective, Alabama's got a 1 in 10 chance of beating Georgia. Um, Georgia Georgia will win. Georgia will win yeah, and they're in. Yeah, that, that helps the whole picture. Doesn't help Texas necessarily. I think Michigan, Michigan. Michigan will win. Yeah, I think Michigan will win. It's the other two. It's Florida State and Oregon. Um, yeah, wh- where where are they at? It's yeah, it's it's interesting. But because uh, if if that does play out, if Georgia and Michigan both win, and we so let's put them in for our arguments tonight. Let's put those two in. Yeah. If it happens to be that Washington and Florida State both lose, then I've got Oregon in and I've got Texas in. But if they win or if either wins, then then they're obviously in. So what it might end up coming down to is that whoever wins out of Washington, Oregon is in. So that's, let's say, Georgia, Michigan, and let's give Washington a win. That's three teams that are guaranteed to be in. If Texas beats Oklahoma State, they probably sit back and watch that Florida game, knowing that Florida State game, knowing that if Florida State lose, Texas are in. I think it's fascinating. I'm really looking forward to this weekend. That's why I'm glad you were in your Texas top, David, because I am excited as a Texas fan. And I know I'm probably moving the conversation to Texas being in, but I think there's a good chance. It, they're, they're not without help. It's, it's not as if it's a minuscule chance. Certain things have got to go their way. Oregon and Washington, the interesting thing is there, they absolutely despise one another. And that game, and remember, that's being played in Vegas in neutral territory on a grass surface in, per- per- in perfect conditions. Uh, what a weekend it is. So make sure you're watching on on Saturday and Sunday our time. Sam, was there anything else you wanted to discuss? We've got through so much in, in, in what's been an extended podcast. We've got through plenty. It's been great. That was a great chat. Really, really glad we could dive into dive into the college football, and we'll obviously be able to have a really good discussion this time next week. It'll be um, after the season's finished. It'll be selection Sunday. We'll have and we'll be and we'll be getting ready for bowl season. We shall indeed, Sam. Thank you so much um, for your time tonight. It's been fabulous listening to your insights. We we'll look forward to speaking to you next week. Thanks, David. Chat next week. On behalf of Sam Zickman, this is David Redden. Now, I'm doing this on my phone, everybody, so I'm going to try and stop the recording shortly, but you all take care. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm in a strange position in my in my motorhome at the moment. I've got to go and figure it out, but I will. You take care. Thank you so much, Sam. Look forward. Just enjoy your sport. There's so much happening at the moment. It will be fabulous. Take care, everybody. We'll see. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye for now.